Hello, listeners. Welcome to Educational Landscapes, Lessons from Leaders. On today's episode, we are going to learn from Mildred Sattler. Welcome to the show, Millie. Hello, thank you, and thank you for having me. Absolutely. To get us going, what is or are your educational leadership titles? So my educational leadership title is, I'm the Corporate Director of Nurse Retention and Career Development Strategies for Emory Healthcare. All right. What do you do in this role? Oh, I do so much. I assist nurses with nurse retention. I help them with career development. I help them with a peer mentor program. I teach leadership courses. I um, We have a student nurse assistant program. I'm responsible for hiring and putting these student nurses on a career development path. I uh, And we have a clinical ladder at Emory and I'm the executive sponsor of that. And nursing recognition, I forgot. I'm responsible for all nursing recognition. Oh, that is amazing. You play such a big role, it sounds like, for nurses in Emory Healthcare, the recognition, their growth in their roles, um, which is so important. So it is. Go ahead. What skills do you use to be able to do all of that? Well, I use <laughs> it's amazing all the different skills. First of all, I start off with my assessment skills. I have to assess the situation, assess the nurse assess what she needs to do, assess like like what where where these nurses are in their own professional development because it goes anywhere from novice to expert. So I have to assess to see what their um, what their level of education is and what their needs are. Um, I also um, have worked my, with my interview skills, my planning. I have to be creative. We do a lot of self-evaluation. So I'm always um, coming up with ideas and plans on how nurses can self-evaluate themselves. I do data analysis where I, it's both qualitative and quantitative. I implement um, all kinds of plans that we came up with. Um, I teach nurses about journaling and e-portfolios. E and I have to make sure that I have a good connection with them so that they, I have to build that trusting um, relationship. Wow, that's a lot. How many nurses are you working with in general at a given time? Um, I would say probably about 20 a week. Oh, a week. <laughs> Here I was thinking you were going to say a month or a year. Okay, that's a lot. Yeah, because I have nurses at all levels contact me. So I have like a new residents. I have leaders that want to develop. I have um, students that need a preceptor and a mentor. Um, I have like like other leaders that just need to know some information and then other 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 stakeholders in the hospital. So so I'd say about 20 a week. Okay, okay. 20 a week and across levels. That is a lot. Um, so what was your journey that led to this current role? Well, it's interesting. I was, I've been a nurse for 40 years this June. So it's kind of, I, I reflect back on that, like, wow, that went fast. <laughs> it really did. Anyways, I was a bedside nurse for many years. I was in critical care, ED and supervision. And back then I remember people would actually ask me like, how did you get to the emergency room? And then from the emergency room, how did you get into critical care? So I kind of kept taking some notes. Um, I took this job up at um, Dartmouth-Hitchcock, which is in New Hampshire. And in that role, I was I was a house supervisor and I had to do a project. I was completing my master's degree on decreasing length of stay 
So, so my project led to a decrease of 2.7 days for the patients, which is a lot. So the CNO came up to me and she said, well, now that you kind of fix this, and she kind of was joking around about it, can you go over to human resources and help them? So when I went, I'm thinking human resources. So I went over there and then what I realized is that a lot of the recruiters didn't really understand what the, what the nurses did. So I kind of took a list of all the hospital floors and met with the leaders and said, tell me about your specialty. And I made a list for the recruiters. I was also able to teach the recruiters like, hey, this nurse did this, they can also do this and connect the dots. And then when people heard that I was over in human resources, they called me and said, hey, I'm getting a little old at the bedside. Can you help me find another job? So I was able to take their resume, start helping them build it up and then transfer them into another role. So they stayed within, within Dartmouth, but they were also able to draw from their past experiences for, for a new role. So when I was, I finished my doctorate and Emory recruited me to be their director of interventional radiology at St. Joe's. And, and, and my husband wanted to move south because it, it's cold up there. Okay, he's tired of the winter. And so, so I said to my husband, well, it has to be an academic medical center. Emory recruited me. Lo and behold, I, I took this job. Okay, now now we I can hear you. Your voice had faded a little. Okay. Um, so anyways, I took this job and then uh, Dr. Pappas was, I went to a nursing leadership meeting and she said that she was looking for someone in this role. And I thought, oh, I did that and I did that and I did that. So I applied for it. And sure enough, I, 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 I got the job. So it was really innovative. So I was able to kind of start building to see what we needed. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, and I... Love hearing the connections that you've had throughout. You're a big connector. Yes, yes. So as you think about that journey you've had in your current position, what do you wish you knew before stepping into the current role? I wish I knew, and this, I wish I knew a little bit more about, about technology and how to leverage it. Um, because I'm, I'm in a different generation. And so, because I recognize that in one of my leadership classes, I teach that about the different generations in nursing and why leaders need to pay attention to that. Because when you're doing projects at the bedside, really like let's, let's tap into our younger generation. They're going to make it much easier for us because of technology, but they do need us for our experience. So I wish I knew a little bit more about technology and I wish I knew a little bit more about how to use Excel because I keep great data. I just, I just, I'm working on my pivot tables right now so I can, I can just kind of sort it better. Oh, uh, I'm with you. I'm still trying to learn how to use pivot tables. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. Because I, I keep saying to myself, am I missing something? But um, yeah, so I think the more you use it, the better you get. Absolutely. So both you and I need to work on keeping our skills up for pivot tables. Uh, so building on that, what continuing professional development do you do to keep up with the needs of your role? So I, I read. I read a lot. I really do. I, I read. Is, I, I can't get enough to not. I just read constantly. And then right now I'm studying for my uh, my certification in nursing professional development. I want to I want to pass that. 
And then I took I took the way fellowship because I wanted to make sure that everything I was doing, I'm, I'm connecting all the dots and I have a formal structure um, for, for all, the, all the projects that I do. That is fantastic. Um, so the professional development certification, uh, where is that? Um, is it out of Emory or is it a? Yeah, so it's, it, it's under the ANCC, which is the American Nurses Credentialing Center. They offer um, this this certification test. And it's it's 150 questions that range anywhere from mentoring, succession planning, curriculum building, evaluation, test taking, um, anything that can help a nurse be an expert in professional development. That is amazing. I feel like I want to do that kind of certification for just general educators. So. Thinking about that and what you've um, learned over the years with your different roles, what advice would you give to someone interested in doing the same type of leadership role that you currently have? Um, I would I would definitely tell them to get involved in committees, okay, and start to and, and start to join some different programs. Once they start out on the clinical ladder. Our clinical ladder is designed that we we um, we collect all of your accomplishments, and then each nurse is 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 expected to do an evidence-based practice project. We have them on every single unit. So I want I want the nurse to learn how to do it and how to lead it. And then once they do that, I teach them how to put these portfolios together. And then I invite them. I actually I I have a student right now that she's on my committee. And I'm teaching her to go over all of these portfolios because I review them. And once I review them, then we turn it into HR for compensation and they get recognized monetarily for it. So I'm, I'm teaching her that. And then I have them join some of the programs that I'm, I'm to work on my council or my committee so they can actually learn everything. I, I encourage them to go back and get an advanced degree. And then once they get their advanced degree, they're going to be able to kind of like um, articulate and they'll have, they'll be more poised and they'll have a, a presence. And I teach them presentation skills because I want them to be able, when I go to retire, I want someone to step right into my role. Lovely. So is there any additional things um, that you want to share? Because I, I can see you have a perspective around succession planning. So can you talk a bit more about how you view succession planning? So in succession planning, I serve as a mentor and a preceptor. And, um, and so in, I ask them, what do you know about this? And what do you want to know? And then I start developing them. And then like, 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 like right now, I do have someone that I'm grooming. Like she's in school. I, I, she writes her papers. I review them. I, 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 I tell her how to write exactly using this mill plan, but it works. <laughs> okay. Because when you're, when you're in, when you're in nursing school or you're in any school, even when, maybe when you were in school, you know, like sometimes your ideas start going all over the place. So I kind of like, I teach her how to tighten it up, you know, and then, um, and then things that she's working on, like she'll have personal goals for herself. I, 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 I encourage her give her the structure of how to do it. And then I, I groom her to make sure that any, any student really, they, they meet their small goals because I figure that small goals make long-term wins. Absolutely. So as you think about all of that amazing stuff you've been doing so far, uh, what contributed to your biggest successes? 
So my biggest successes, um, or I guess it would be family support and um, and just encouragement because um, I, I, I have five kids. And when my kids were in, and I was a single mom, and I wanted to like lead by example. So I said, when my kids are in school and they're doing homework, I want to be doing homework as well. But I actually learned that I needed my kids to kind of help me like, like with technology. All right. So, so they did. So my, so my bit, my biggest successes really are raising my kids to be responsible adults and all five of them have a college degree and they're very successful. And my son, he's a major in the Marines and he's in, at the Pentagon. And I'm, I'm so proud. I'm proud of all my kids, but that's my biggest success. Oh, big congratulations to you. You um, definitely must have been an amazing inspiration to them. Well, thank you. Um, what has been one of your greatest successes thus far in terms of your work? Of my work? Oh, oh our clinical ladder. So our clinical ladder, when I, first, when, when I first took this job, we had this clinical ladder. It's called clinical lattice. It's called the plan. Professional um, lattice advancing nurses. And, and it's a lattice because a nurse can go up and down and over. Like she doesn't have to stay in her role. But when I first came on to the came on and I would go to the plan council meetings, I felt like we weren't getting a lot done. So I said, and and I, I felt also that they were thinking of reasons not to advance the nurse versus reasons to advance the nurse. So I had to change the culture and I did. And we started looking at everything as like, well, like let's talk about what they did do. So we did a reevaluation of our our entire plan um, during COVID, and it was a huge success. We even won an award. We turned it into the American Nurses Association. It was called All Professional Nursing Team, and it was a uh, they 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 put a campaign out to call for what did nurses do during COVID. They wanted to award them, so they had three places. We won third place. Um, the Emory, our our plan council one about all the work that we did to streamline our processes and, and create more electives. And we made toolkits and we, we had, they had this thing called worksheets. We turned them into checklists because that's a, that's, a, that's a terminology that nurses know is a checklist. So they go over and they just check things off. We even, um, now we even have a, an advancement program for our, our patient care techs, DLPNs and the, and the medical assistants. So because it's, and it's really contagious and we provide education and workshops and retreats. And so now everybody's on the plan and, and, and there is evidence that shows that nurses that are continually professionally development, there's A, better patient outcomes and B, it definitely works with, with nurse retention. So that's my oh, biggest success. That is a huge success. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank so you. As you think about all of that, what are or were your biggest growth opportunities? Let me see. My biggest growth opportunities was really, it wasn't, it wasn't putting the plan together because because the structure was there. My I just had to learn different people and learn who the players were. And really I had to learn to understand what they were thinking because I didn't want to insult anyone. Right, because you have to be, you have to, you know, tread lightly because you don't know what anyone knows. And I wanted to pull out their strengths. So I learning how to read people was probably one of a really good growth opportunity for me. But I'm, I'm really good at it now. 
Very nice. Would you say that's something that you, you just learned as, you know, from interacting with different people or did you have to like do some type of training to help you? Well, actually, I um, I started reading a lot about because there's there's all these different cultures. OK, especially at Emory, we have like multicultures. And I, I, I wanted to ask questions because to me, everybody wants to know about different cultures. I, I think people just don't know how to ask the question. Yeah. So I did a lot of reading on how to be genuine, but ask a question like, hey, how do you celebrate Christmas? To me, that's like, I just want to know like, what recipes, like where did that stem from? So when, when you start kind of getting to know the person as an individual, then they're, they're, they start sharing more and more. And then you actually form these lifelong bonds. And, and, and basically everybody has in nursing, I, I've noticed, they all have the same values. Like it, it's it's about caring for others and they're empathetic and they're warm, you know. And so, um, if my mind was learning how to how to communicate better, that is amazing. Just thinking about the humanistic skills and how it's you use them to connect with people, um, you know, at a personal level, but also helps you with that professional piece. Yeah, because you don't, because you don't really know. Seriously, like you don't, and get this one. Um, if someone doesn't know how to do something, it's because they weren't taught. It wasn't because, because no one goes into nursing wanting to do something wrong, you know, they want to do what's right. So I just look at it like, how can I teach them to do it the correct way? And, and I ask for feedback. Um, we mm -hmm. ask a lot of our nursing, what do you think? Be straight with me. Like tell, and they're like, Hey, have you considered this? Have you considered that? So I actually like to bring everybody together as a team and it does, it, it's really effective. I love all the different ideas. Oh, that's great. Great, great. Thank you. So as you think about all the people you interact with, all the things that you do, what do you love most about your work and what you do? What, what do I love the most about it? Oh, I just love helping people. Seriously. When, when, when a resident calls me and she's not doing well on a unit and she and her manager's calling and say, this isn't the right fit. They're really upset. I just like to say, it's okay. You're not the first new resident and you're not the last. I'm going to help you. Okay. And then there's that nurse who's a little burned out. Right. So she's coming to me because she wants to do something different. But when we start like digging deep to find out what she likes. It's so nice to see them blossom and wanting to do projects and wanting to learn more and building their resume. And, we're, and when we build their resume, they're like, they're so, I did all that. I'm like, well, yeah. And then, so, so they get recognized because now they can see it on a piece of paper. I really like helping people. And you know what else? A lot of these people pray. Like, like I prayed for someone to help me. <laughs> and so then I know that I'm being used. I'm like a tool for God. So I, I like that too. Oh, that is powerful, powerful. So overall, reflecting on your experiences to date, how would you describe what your passions are around education? Overall, my passions around education is the more you know, the more you grow. And I can't take, I can't take credit for that. I, that's from TV. <laughs> they put that on Saturday mornings with kids. I can't own that. But, um, but it's the truth. The more you know, the more you grow. And so the more opportunities that I can give people, the, the happier I am, and then they can run with it. I love it's that. A and a goal. 
Thank you. The more you know, the more you grow. I like that. I love yeah. I love when things can can touch multiple generations and it's it's as meaningful for you know toddlers as it is for us as we continue to grow. It, it is the truth too. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Think about your own your your own success path. Like the more you know, the more you grow, and then you want more, right? Yes. I yeah. am similar to you, constantly learning. You just want more. I, I like that. So recognizing you are more than your work, you have, uh, you are a person with a, I'm sure, multidimensional life. So what are some things you do outside of work to help you maintain joy in life and practice? Well, some of the things I like to do is I, I really like to garden. Um, gardening is like, I just love it because I love to see something start from a seed and just kind of blossom into something huge. Like right now, I just got done um, growing an amaryllis that it's just beautiful. And to see, I thought it was going to take like a year, but it took like six months, but it just grew to this beautiful plant. And now I have a couple lemons, lemon trees. I want to, I want to do two lemon trees. <laughs> I want to see how they grow. So I like that. I like to, I like, I enjoy boating. And, um, and I, I, I like to meditate and pray because that, that's important. And then I also like, I like music and I like American history. So um, it's interesting how I like to kind of put the music with the times because it does, it kind of lines up. But I would say yes. the 60s and the 70s, probably my favorite because it really, it really, um, it really like, it, it had an impact on the culture. Mm -hmm. and um so I like that and I like and the Rolling Stones are, they're my favorite oh awesome I grew up my dad was very into music and so when you mentioned 60s and 70s I was like yes I actually know the style of music you mean <laughs> isn't it the truth though and 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 think about how it, it I was a little kid then but I remember watching the news with my dad and it wow there was a lot of stuff going on mm-hmm mm-hmm so those were the core questions I had for you. And so as we kind of wrap up, are there any last comments, thoughts, things that you want to share um, with aspiring leaders who listen to this episode? Yes. So thank you, number one, for listening, jumping on. Always invest in yourself first, okay? Because when someone invested, when you invest in yourself, you are in, internally investing in others. So as a leader, if you're going to invest, take some leadership classes, go back to school. And even if you can't take a full time go to school, take one class at a time. And then maybe eventually you're going to get your master's degree or your doctorate degree. That's up to you. Um, look, in, look in your organization and see what leadership classes they have. Go ahead and start taking them. I know at Emory, we have, um, a, we have a nurse leader Academy, and that's for unit directors or specialty directors. And we have a course called LEAP. That's for charge nurses and shift nurse managers and unit educators. Because, because having those skills of leadership, excellence, accountability, and professionalism really kind of opens their eyes to how to lead other people. And then from there, we, like I said, the more you know, the more you grow, they're going to want to know even more. So it's it's a little bit and planting that seed and and moving forward. 
Thank you. I think that's a perfect um, ending to our session because it has looped right back to the more you know, the more you grow. Yes, <laughs> yes thank you so much. Thank you.